tonight, new video showing the moments a Chinese warship, seen on the left here, came within 150 yards of an American destroyer in the Taiwan Strait. Shot by a Canadian news outlet traveling aboard a nearby vessel during a rare joint Canada-U.S. mission in the region. The near collision with the USS Chenghun is the latest example of possible aggression from the Chinese military. The incident comes just days after a Chinese fighter jet flew directly in front of a U.S. Air Force aircraft in what the Pentagon called an unnecessarily aggressive maneuver. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, while traveling in Singapore Friday, said the U.S. will not be deterred by China's unprofessional behavior at sea or in the air. We will not flinch in the face of bullying or coercion. Tensions between the U.S. and China have been strained following the Chinese spy balloon that flew across much of the country earlier this year. Secretary Austin speaking out after briefly greeting his Chinese counterpart, their first face-to-face -face as the U.S. seeks to reestablish high-level talks between the two countries. Dialogue is not a reward. It is a necessity. And a cordial handshake over dinner is no substitute for a substantive engagement. All right, so I'm sorry. that For whatever reason, that struck my funny bone. I guess uh, we are seeing the aggression of China. We saw it with that battleship. I'm sure you saw the video when that happened, and also we saw the plane directly challenging the American plane. But according to Lloyd Austin, that was unprofessional behavior, very unprofessional, very unprofessional. Yeah, it might have been a little worse than that, but or, or worse than that, probably the worst term in his vocabulary. He he's accusing of the Chinese of ready bullying, bullying. How dare the Chinese? I think we should you know unleash the left on China, and that would take they could tweet them to death, and that would stop all of this aggression. All right, well that's enough of that. I we're going to talk. I have a serious discussion about this today with Gordon Chang. Uh, so I hope that you'll stay tuned, and I I just really do hope you will because you're going to hear. Some very, very important information. And at the end, Gordon is going to tell you how you might prepare for what might be coming. Okay? But first, let me just thank Preborn because they're our sponsor and we are so grateful. Uh, because they speak up for people that can't speak for themselves like we do on this show. Only their specific focus is little babies in their mother's wombs. Uh, mothers who are unsure. They're instead of, you know, feeling down and longingly touching their body, their belly, which I'd done so many times as a pregnant mom, um, just trying to imagine the day when that baby would be born and the joy of it. Some mothers don't greet it that way. They greet it as an inconvenience. Uh, some are um, too busy with college, or uh, it's an interruption. And then others are just really down and out. Maybe their husband has left, or maybe they don't have the finances there are times when this is a real crisis for women. But preborn comes along and really provides a way of finding out what really matters. And that is uh, more than your college years, more than your financial difficulties, the life of a child inside of you. The consideration of that transcends. And you can't figure that out unless you could actually see it. And that's what happens. Preborn provides ultrasounds because of you, because of you and your generosity. It's $28. Uh, per ultrasound, and all you have to do is go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy, and make your most generous donation. And uh, we can help those moms kind of see what really matters. And um, in some so many ways, not only save a life, but maybe find eternal life themselves through the work of preborn. So go to preborn.com slash 
Sandy. All right, we'll sit back and uh, relax if you can uh, and get your pen and paper and listen to this update on China with the expert par excellence, Gordon Chang. From American Family Radio, Sandy Rios. We are not called to be nice. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. The most important thing we need to demonstrate to our children is genuineness. That we actually believe what we say we believe. A longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. Seek justice. Not social justice, but God's justice. What's right and what's wrong. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. We've got to say this is the line. Life is sacred. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up. Speak up. Say something. Do something. All right, Sandy Rios with you this morning. A very important discussion. You heard the opening clip where we talked about what's been in the news in the last uh, week or so was that a bit of a threat from the Chinese military to our ships at sea and then also to uh, planes in flight. Uh, But there's more to this story. And um, as dreadful as it is, you need to know this. I can't think of anyone with more expertise that I trust more than our next guest. Gordon Chang is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the great U.S.-China tech war. Uh, but Gordon, is, uh, I, this is, I just have to tell you about him before I say exa- uh, hi to him personally. Uh, Gordon is kind of like our, our Paul Revere. He truly is. He is like our Paul Revere on warnings about China. And I think the not only does Gordon have the passion to save this country, but he has, a, he has a lot of expertise that other China experts don't have. I think understanding the language, for one thing, is key to understanding the culture, and that's a real barrier for others that are experts but report on it. But uh, Gordon's passion on this is unmatched by anyone else as well. He is half Chinese and half Scottish. I always uh, say that because I think that's such a unique uh, um, combination, but gives him a a unique quality and character uh, to talk about this. His wife, Lydia, is from Hong Kong, so they've gone through that whole thing. They both have a tremendous passion uh, for saving this country, and I'm sure they love the Chinese people as I do because the people there are suffering too. So, Gordon, with that long introduction, thanks for joining me this morning. Well, thank you so much, Sandy, and that was very kind of you. Yeah, well, you know I meant it. Um, I think, uh, now look, from my perspective just reading this morning, and now this is kind of a, by the time people hear this, it won't be this morning, but as the, at the time that you and I are talking, uh, there is a report now that there is a China spy base in Cuba and that's, of course, only 100 miles from the United States coast. Um, and the, the, the Pentagon is denying it. It's not true, nothing to it. I want to know what the truth is, Gordon. Is there or is there not? Well, the, the Wall Street Journal report um, said that they were planning to establish a new spy base in Cuba. And as you point out, everyone's denying it. But there have been reports for quite some time, Sandy, that China has listening posts in Cuba at three of them uh, to collect signals intelligence at uh, Lourdes, um, Bayou Call, and Santiago de Cuba. Um, I believe that the Lourdes report absolutely has to be true. During the Cold War, Lourdes was the largest or the second largest Soviet listening post outside the Soviet Union. And China, um, after the Cold War, um, worked very hard to make sure that Cuba allowed them into Lourdes. And the Russians got back in there as well. So um, 
we should be asking the Pentagon about this because John Kirby seems to be trying to cover for China. And this, to me, is inexplicable. It is inexplicable. I mean, it is unbelievable uh, where we are, Gordon. It just defies. I think when you and I first started talking many years ago, I don't think, did you ever think in your life that the American uh, leadership, the president and his cabinet and uh, the, the Pentagon would actually cover up to protect China? Uh, this, this is just an un- unbelievable situation. Yes, it is. And it shows you uh, the failure of the Biden administration. You know, we could say, is this a result of corruption? Is it um, just being a traitor or is it just being totally misguided? We've got to remember that Robert Gates, the former defense secretary, famously wrote in his 2014 memoir that Joe Biden was wrong on nearly every foreign policy and national security decision of the last four decades. Um, so here we're dealing with somebody who um, is not only tainted with Chinese money, but just also has been wrong. And this means the United States is in mortal danger because China is coming after us really, really hard. And I know it's hard for Americans to accept this, that we could lose our country. But, Sandy, we could lose our country um, because China is working very hard internally to take us down. I, you know, I just spoke to an audience a couple of couple of days ago, Gordon. I was trying to explain, and it's a um, an area where there's uh, there's peace. It's a actually a place in Florida, and uh, the people don't understand. They just can't even imagine the threat because they can't see anything. I think of it much like maybe being in the eye of a hurricane, or I think maybe that that famous wonderful dinner on the Titanic. You know, with the uh, you know the white tablecloths. As the iceberg approaches, uh, so I, I, I try to paint that picture so people can understand just because you don't feel it, touch it, see it, doesn't mean the threat is not imminent. And um, I want to ask you something. Okay, I'm getting off the subject here, but I do want to talk about China. But one thing that tortures me a little bit, Gordon, is that I feel like um, I, I, it's, I'm in the business of warning people. I have been for years about lots of things. But on this one, I don't know what they can do. Uh, so I say to myself, do, they, do I really want to tell them uh, how horrible and imminent things are? What difference does it make? I, I would really love to know. I'm not saying that I've landed there, but that does cross my mind. What, what are your thoughts about that? Well, the Chinese know how bad things are here because they are causing them. Um, they have been fomenting violence on American streets. They've been stealing our intellectual property. They've been spreading disease. They sell fentanyl. I mean, it just runs the gamut of things. And um, they know that they are using uh, Chinese nationals in our country to spy on us. Um, And they are pressuring American citizens of uh, Chinese descent to actually commit espionage against us um, because they threaten relatives in China and, and use that. So um, we have um, a malign power that is intent on taking us down. And we, you know, we have a, uh, a surge of Chinese migrants coming across our southern border. Um, 99.99% of them are who, they, are, are who they say they are. They're just desperate to leave China, which shows you how bad things are in the country. But the great correspondent Michael Yan is saying he's seen large groups of Chinese males of military age unattached to family groups who pretend not to speak English. And he believes that they're Chinese military or uh, Ministry of State Security agents who are coming here um, to wage war on the U.S. 
So on the first day of war in Asia, these people will be attacking our country. One thing that we've thought, you know, for some time is that we keep watching Taiwan and there's this question, you know, will the U.S. protect them, uh, you know, honor our agreement to protect them or will they not on and on and on it goes. I think we've actually discussed it before. But the point that I think is the point now is uh, that the U.S. would be a much preferable target right now. We're, we're weaker than – why wouldn't they just go for us? Wouldn't they? Or would they drag Taiwan yes. first? Well – um, we don't know who their target will be. It could be Japan, could be the Philippines, could be Taiwan. Um, and as you point out, it could very well be us. Um, because they believe that if they go after one of their countries on their periphery, that they also have to simultaneously um, attack the United States. Um, so um, we shouldn't think that we're going to be able to avoid this fight. And it could very well be, you know, Sandy, the greatest risk of war is not that Xi Jinping wakes up one morning and says, I'm attacking Japan. It's that these um, very dangerous intercepts in the global commons um, that China is causing. And one of them can go wrong and, and there could be uh, war. You know, we call them accidents, but they're not really accidents because China is deliberately um, intercepting our ships and our planes. And by the grace of God, um, we haven't had any Americans die, but that could very well have been the case. The Chinese political system now is so militarized that if there is some incident, China can't deal constructively with us or anybody else. So that's the risk of war. China right now is internally is in distress. And we know that, um, that Xi Jinping has incentives now to do things that could take us by surprise. So if we want a comparable period in our history, that would be 1930s Japan, where a, a military took over a political system and then launched wars of aggression. You know, one thing that's different, though, that I, I would love your perspective on this. I, re, I think I've told you, I'm sure I have, that I was in North Korea uh, for, for a few days, and I, I was there actually on 9-11 of 2001. And one of the things that I discovered through, well, then I was in northern Manchuria interviewing refugees would come across the Tumon River. And one of the things that they uh, said, the kids, I interviewed four little boys. They were, they were little because they were malnourished. They weren't actually that young. And they told us one by one that they were being told in their public schools, probably, they don't have anything besides public schools, but in their schools, that Americans were sinking the boats that were bringing the rice into North Korea. It was all the Americans' fault. They were in a frenzy, all of them, uh, to hate America. I remember one of those little dancers in the school, the kids that do that precision dancing. Uh, we had our pictures made with them after we watched them. And I put my hands on the shoulder. This was a little girl, and she just bristled like I was wicked. They, had, they have whipped their people up into a frenzy of hate. China hasn't managed to do that, have they, because of the, the fact that the Chinese people have, more, have had more freedom? Have they? Well, right now, China is indoctrinating um, school children to hate both Americans and Japanese. So, um, you know, if you talk about younger school children, um, yeah, they, they are our enemy um, because they have been made our enemy by China's political system. I think older Chinese who haven't gone through much of that uh, or to the same uh, intense state, um, they, they understand. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, um, they are trying to flee their country because they understand how bad things are at home. But if you're talking about the youngest generations, 
yes, that is going to be a generation that will um, that will hate America. Is it true? Someone heard some say this in passing. Help us understand. Someone was talking about the art of war. That famous book uh, by the author whose name escapes me, but about the art of war. Sun Tzu. It's been a Sun Tzu, and it's been a uh, you know it's used in military training. Americans, I think, study American military men study this uh, book. And the is help me, Gordon, because I really don't know the, what's happening here. But if is it true that by sh- our showing weakness, like in those encounters with the ship and with the plane, we are actually egging on the Chinese to attack us? Absolutely. Um, and and it's, it's not just the Biden administration. I mean, the Nixon administration allowed the North Koreans to down a U.S. Air Force reconnaissance plane. Um, it was the largest single loss of life of Americans during the Cold War, and we did nothing about it. And by the way, if you want to thank someone apart from Nixon, you'd have to thank Kissinger for that as well, because he counseled restraint. And his Kissinger is actually um, one of the rare times he's actually admitted that he was wrong. But he realized that what he did was he emboldened America's enemies. Um, you know, you can go back. This is bipartisan failure because you had Johnson doing nothing about the Pueblo. Um, we've had a number of these incidents where we have allowed uh, the killing of Americans to go unpunished. So this is on us, Sandy. Yeah, I I hear you, Gordon. It's been part of our culture. Just just we've just gotten weaker and weaker. You know. Um. Anyway, uh, you know, I just heard a, a pastor say um, a couple of weeks ago that a good times create weak men, and uh, and yes. ba- bad times create strong men. And so we've we're coming. We've had wonderful times here, and we've and what we've produced is weak men, and not everyone. I you and I both know a lot of fighters. Uh, but it's like the culture of weakness, and so that's what we've embraced. I want to talk about um, the economy. You mentioned it, the economy in China. Uh, you have told me almost consistently uh, that China's economy, in spite of what we might think, is not doing well, and it's even worse now after they did that total shutdown. Is that correct? Yes. Um, the most recent numbers that have come out of China um, show a very uh, an economy which is faltering and one which is almost certainly contracting. Um, so, for instance, um, imports, which is really the best measure of domestic demand and therefore the health of an economy, China's imports have fallen for eight straight months and nine of the last ten, and um, they would have fallen even more in May. They they plunged four point five percent. They would have fallen even more if China was not um, importing food into the country on an emergency basis, which looks like stockpiling for war. So really what we have is a, an economy which is um, not nearly meeting expectations, which looks like it's contracting, and which is convincing the Chinese people they got to leave their country. And by the way, these migrants, these Chinese migrants who are coming across our, our southern border, they're not poor Chinese. These are middle-class Chinese who can afford to pay $35,000 a head to the cartel to smuggle them into the United States. So we're dealing with a society in China that's in collapse almost. And it, that's, that's dangerous because it means Xi Jinping has incentives to go to war because his policies have caused this distress. He knows he can't solve it, uh, or at least I think he knows he can't solve it. And I believe that his only recourse is to cause war with someone to rally the Chinese people. And I believe that he thinks that way as well. 
You know, speaking of uh, she, uh, you you are, you know. By the way, you can uh, find Gordon uh, Gordon's stuff on uh, Twitter. It's Gordon G Chang at Gordon G Chang at Gordon G Chang. That's a great place to find out all the things he's writing and speaking about. Even though he is on the media a lot, it's it's nice to have this available. Um, but you you write um, well. I don't know what the timeline is, but uh, about she entering what he's calling the great era. Uh, that's according to that. What does that mean? It means that he is delusional. Um, he actually believes this stuff, maybe. Um, he's either delusional or what he's trying to do is to rally the Chinese people. Um, but he actually has exhibited, um, I think, uh, signs that he does not understand what's going on. So, for instance, on March 22nd, when he was bidding farewell to Vladimir Putin in Moscow after the end of their 40th in-person chat, Xi Jinping said to Vladimir Putin, quote, change is coming that hasn't happened in 100 years, and we are driving this change together. So I what Xi Jinping that. was saying was that he's the boss of the world and that the United States is no longer a factor. I remember that. They're coming down the stairs, and you can, it's like somebody picked it up. I don't know if you could hear the audio, but you could lip read. It was, it was just a, well, I couldn't read his lips, but through an interpreter. That was an amazing, amazing moment. In fact, that now I don't know if you want to respond to this, Gordon. But I, um, what is the dynamic here with the the war in Ukraine? I personally feel like President Biden goaded uh, Putin into to that invasion. Personally, that was the way I took it because they just kept talking about it for weeks, uh, and so um, now he has been definitely weakened. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but he's also working with China. What is the help us? Can you understand the whole dynamic with Ukraine, with Putin, and with China? What's what's going on here with all of that? There, there are a couple things, uh, Sandy. I think part of it is that uh, Biden's catastrophic withdrawal from Afghanistan convinced Putin that he could do what he wanted, and so therefore he wanted to uh, take the rest of Ukraine. Uh, China greenlighted this invasion, I believe. Um, they issued Vladimir Putin and Xi Jinping issued their 5,300 word joint statement on February 4th of 2022. That was just 20 days before the invasion. And this was their no limits partnership. And Putin actually invaded. This was the February 4th was the opening ceremony of the Beijing Winter Olympics. And Putin waited to invade Ukraine, although it made no military sense to wait. He waited until four days after the end of the Olympics, which I believe Xi Jinping demanded. But in any event, the second most important thing about this um, battle in Ukraine is that it is um, the first engagement of the post-Cold War period. And the Chinese see this as not a battle between Ukrainians and Russians, although, of course, both are dying on Ukrainian soil. But they really see this as a proxy war. And the two contestants are China and the United States. Now, we don't view it that way, but I believe that China sees it that way, which means that this war takes on added significance for us because we're a combatant and we just have an administration that does not believe that. It's very, very confusing. It's very hard to discern right now what's what's true and what isn't. And that's why I always depend on you, Gordon, to kind of sort things out with this. Um, all right, so let's go back to the economy because I did there. I talked to a, an economist a couple of days ago, and I was. Ta- um, it looks to me like, according to the news, 
that the Chinese have been trying to uh, take the dollar away from the, the, you know, the fixed currency, the established currency, or whatever, the go-to currency, I can't think of the word, uh, in the world. Reserve and that they currency. were making reserve, and they were making great gains, but now the yuan is falling, right? So what's, this, what's happening with that from your perspective? Yeah. Well, first of all, um, you know, the Chinese currency, the renminbi um, or yuan, um, is falling. Um, it's fallen below the psychological seven to one barrier. That's seven of the Chinese currency to one dollar. And it is now uh, actually far below that psychological mark. Uh, 7.11, I believe, at the last numbers. The point here uh, is that that is a reflection of the problems in the Chinese economy and in Chinese society in general. Um, yeah, China would like its currency to be the world's reserve unit, um, and now it's the dollar. They've been making some progress, but they can't really accomplish their goal. And the reason is that their currency is not convertible on the capital account and it's barely convertible on the current account. And in order to have a reserve currency, you need to have a convertible currency. The other thing is that in order to have a world's reserve currency, you have to have a lot of your currency outside of your country. And if you do that, then China loses... And China runs surpluses. It doesn't run deficits. Uh, The way to get your currency out into the world is to run deficits, which is what the United States has done. Um... Now, China is demanding that countries that trade with it trade in the renminbi. Uh, and so they have been be, being able to make some progress. But I think that because of the problems in the Chinese economy and because of other factors, uh, China will never be able to make its currency um, ex- widely accepted around the world. The only country that can destroy the dollar, and that's, of course, us. And mm-hmm. Biden seems to be doing a pretty good job of it with these extraordinary deficits and with inflation. Isn't it something, Gordon, that just uh, even with uh, the horrible leadership of uh, Biden, or worse, that's the nicest thing I can think of to describe it, uh, this China now is weak. And under normal circumstances, if we had leadership who actually loved this country, we could push this back, I think, uh, based on all that you have said. Uh, but we here we are. And so I'm going to end with this question. I kind of asked you before, and perhaps it's unfair to ask you this, uh, but you are an American. You and your wife, you love this country, too. Um, and people are listening, and they know that, you know, even if they call their senator or if they call their congressman, you know, they, it, it, there's, there is so much infiltration in D.C. that it's almost impossible for us to do anything. The president, by the you know, handles foreign policy. What as people think about the implications of what we said here, how can they prepare? How, how would you suggest they prepare for what might be something uh, beyond our imagination? Well, um, in the first instance, get us, make sure you have enough food and water and essential supplies. Um, the second thing, though, is the 2024 election, which will be critical. And in the meantime, we should be pressuring our legislators. We should be pressuring everybody about these issues. Um, we should not be buying Chinese goods if we can help it. We can tell our brokers to sell Chinese stocks. Most people think that they don't own Chinese stocks, but if they own an international mutual fund, they own Chinese stocks in all probability. And we should be telling websites to include country of origin labeling um, so that uh, we know where we're the origin of the stuff we buy and we can make informed decisions not to buy Chinese goods. So there's a lot that we can do, Sandy. 
But it's going to take a lot of work um, because we have, uh, as you point out, leaders in Washington who are not uh, don't have our best interests at heart. That's amazing. All right. Well, Gordon, uh, Gordon Chang, again, the author of The Coming Collapse of China and the great U.S.-China tech wars. We didn't even get into so many things, but uh, Gordon, thank you so much. And I saw recently, this surprised me, I'll end with this, and this really got my attention because I've never heard you uh, speak like this, but you, you encourage people to pray uh, for the country and pray for their families and their, their neighborhoods, and I, I, uh, that really got my attention coming from you. So uh, we're going we're gonna to agree to do that as the audience here. <laughs> and we thank you uh, for everything you're doing. Uh, our Paul Revere on China, thank you for joining us, uh, Gordon. We just so appreciate it. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sandy, and I appreciate it. And stay safe. Okay, thank you. Same to you. All right, this is Sandy Rios on Sandy Rios 24-7. This is Sandy Rios 24-7 on American Family Radio. Honestly, I have never heard anyone lay out more clearly a way of preparing for each of us than Gordon just did. And just off the top of his head, I don't think he's used to having those kinds of conversations because he's doing, uh, he does hard news, really, on China. He's actually dispassionate when he delivers this very difficult information, although I know he has passion about saving this country. So off the top of his head, he said we should be ready with uh, food and water and essential supplies and we should turn our attention toward the 2024 election. And we should be pressing our legislature, le- legislators in the House and in the Senate to hold the, the, the administration's feet to the fire on the issue of China. We should stop buying Chinese goods. And we should stop investing in Chinese funds, whatever form they take. I, that was just great, great advice. And I hope that you took a pencil and paper and actually took that to heart. By the way, uh, you can call us if you have a comment at 662-821-2040. That's 662-821-2040. Or you can write us at sandy at AFR.net. We'll be doing an an email phone call show pretty soon here. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you, sandy at AFR.net. I want to remind you that Preborn's network of clinics brings hope to pregnant women considering abortion through ultrasound. So when they see that baby, it brings them hope. It gives them a different frame of reference. They actually, I think, most of the time, if they decide to keep their baby, they get excited like all moms do. They do. And so this brings a lot of joy, saves a baby's life, and often saves the mother's eternity. If you want to help, it's $28 per, per ultrasound. It's, you just go to preborn.com slash Sandy. That's preborn.com slash Sandy. All right, so this is the time in the broad, uh, the, the podcast when I ask my, my sweet husband to join me, and he's done so. Uh, Bruce, Gordon's one. We always see them, and Gordon and Lydia, wherever we go. We're always at these conferences, and it's always great to see them, isn't it? They are two of my favorite people for many reasons, and Lydia is an absolute joy. Yeah. Uh, she is such an integral part of helping Gordon, yeah. and she's the behind-the-scenes person, but she is great. Yeah, she is. Yeah, so all right, so we talked about a lot of things, and I would be curious to know what, what stood out to you. Well, I think that um, the part about um, what's going on with people coming into our country with bad intent from China, um, whether it be through, the, through college or work programs, and now 
people that are coming across the southern border illegally. And we know if you are, if you are using your, your sense, you know that this is sort of a fifth column that's being embedded into our country. Um, I, I've noticed this for years. Back when I was in college, I wasn't quite sure why we were sharing so much of our technology and our knowledge with foreign students from countries that don't like us. Uh, but it's been going on for years now, and now we're seeing it on an, on an emboldened way that uh, you know these um, Chinese basically police stations that are in some of our cities now, the listening posts that are here, the intelligence gathering, the, the uh, intellectual theft, our whole country is being given away. And, and a lot of it, I think, now, uh, the reason it's, it's so blatant is because our president, Joe Biden, is in a compromised position with China because of his, I would say, we have tremendous evidence that he has taken money from China and that he has made policy based upon being neutered because now the Chinese have leverage on him. You know, I just mentioned one. I've said this before, but just as a reminder, this is not just a, a broad talking a talking point. When President Biden was elected, one of the very first things he did was shut down the China initiative. The China initiative was something they finally got in gear to go into college campuses and root out the stealing of intellectual property. He shuts that down. What president does that? That wasn't a partisan endeavor. It was an American endeavor to try to save our intellectual property. I mean, you could argue that it was too late. Well, I would I listen to that as a reason, but not not to just arbitrarily shut it down. So um, there's no question we are in danger. And I also thought, really interesting, Bruce, that he said, of course there are so many Chinese coming across the border. He said that 99.9% of them are desperate Chinese trying to get out of their country, and they're not poor. Uh, they have the money to pay the the the, uh, the uh, what do you call it? the coyotes, the smugglers. Yeah, yeah. and so um, isn't that something? But then uh, Michael Yu, who of course is a great uh, national security reporter, is reporting that I have heard uh, I have heard that in the the range of battalions of young Chinese men, war age, are coming across that border, not dressed in army gear, but but coming across. So. It is dangerous. It's getting more and more dangerous, and I just wanted you all to know this. You're my listeners, and we have become my friends, even though I don't know your names. And I want you to be prepared, if it's possible. Certainly prepared with the things that Gordon suggested, also prepared spiritually. Uh, make sure that you've uh, got your, your heart right, that you're spending time in the Word, and I'm talking to myself too, uh, to beef up your Beef up your insides as you get ready to to face this, because we don't know what God is going to call us to do, but we want to, having done all, stand, right? In the, in the spirit of Ephesians 5, the sword of the Spirit, um, the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, you know, the feet shod, the preparation of the gospel of peace, so that we can speak about life in Jesus wherever we go, even in those times. Uh, and we are prepared with God's word, the sword of the Spirit. So there you go. That's my addition to Gordon Chang's great admonition to all of us. I hope that you learned something today. I hope you'll take it to heart. Thanks for listening to this edition of Sandy Rios 24-7.